Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Hello and welcome. I'm Patrick Curtis, your host and chief monkey, and this is the Wall Street Oasis podcast. Join me as I talk to some of the community's most successful and inspirational members to gain valuable insight into different career paths and life in general. Let's get to it. In this episode, we talk with Nate Bailey, who survived a tough job market by selling life insurance out of his non-target university. Learn what was the hardest part of his path, the difference between being an agent and a broker, and specific advice he gives to the younger listeners. Enjoy. All right, Nate, thanks so much for joining the Wall Street Oasis podcast. Hey, absolutely, man. Have, uh, thanks for having me. It'd be great if you could just give the listeners a short summary of your bio. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I was a, I'm a veteran, a military veteran. I, I was in the Army National Guard, was an officer. And, uh, and from there, it kind of led me, you know, I, got, I went, got deployed to Kuwait in 2005, 2006. And I came back home and, and I picked back up inside of my insurance brokerage that I had at the time. Um, was in the insurance industry for insurance and financial services, actually, but uh, mostly insurance for about 14 years. And uh, just almost to the day, two years ago, um, I sold my agency and uh, to, to do what I do today, which is to coach, to mentor other business owners and entrepreneurs out there. We have a, we have a program that we call Immersion, where I just came back from in California where they come through a live event, live experience to help them kind of take that next level inside the life and inside of the business. Mm-hmm. And so I love what I do today, but, uh, but yeah, the insurance, uh, as a coach inside of, uh, athletics, high school, college, uh, my time as a leader inside of the army, like all of that stuff prepared me for what I do today. So I'm so thankful to have all those experiences. Very cool. So let's start all the way back. Um, you were you went to undergrad. What what year? You graduated '01, is that right? Yeah, I graduated in 2001. Um, and did you go straight yeah. into the? Did you get sent abroad right right then? Was that kind of? No. Nah, so I. Um, what was your timing like? Yeah, absolutely. I had a, a teaching degree, mm-hmm. um, so I did that for just a short time. Got into sales. Uh, a few different. Uh, industries and then kind of settled into the insurance business in why do you think for and so like in terms of like what you did right when you graduated was it was it tough to find a job back then i know we went to recession soon after was it like just scrambling to try and pay bills what was it what was yeah. it like? it was tough it was tough to find a job especially you know as a teacher mm-hmm. you know what i came to find out really quickly is that a lot of these schools, especially maybe in the physical education coaching side, like they had somebody in mind that they were looking to hire, mm-hmm. whether it was a local guy or, or whatever. And I was really kind of tied to where I could get a job because my wife was 
she was going to school to become a physical therapist in Rochester, Minnesota at the Mayo Clinic. And, um, and so really, I'm, I, I'm, I don't think I was ever meant to be a teacher because of what I do today. Um, but yeah, th so that led into, yeah, just trying to pay some bills. So I was like, what am I going to do? I started selling some furniture uh, at a furniture store. And, um, you know, I was really, I found out I was really good at sales. And then, uh, and then that led into to, uh, some car sales and, and really just didn't like the car business and the hours and everything else that went into that. But, uh, you know, you learn along the way. And then ultimately that led me into the insurance industry. I feel like there's a lot of kids um, that are coming up trying to get into these high finance careers. Oftentimes, if they don't have the right expectations or they kind of graduate and don't have anything to do, there's oftentimes the insurance sales. Yeah. <laughs> the insurance companies will be happy to take you, right? <laughs> yeah. and, and put you through the program. But oftentimes, is, um, it can be like a kind of eat what you kill type yes. program is Absolutely. it was it all was it all commit was it all commission tell me a little bit about the pay structure were you making like barely making anything at the beginning and then did you kind of progress up because i'm curious the people who are driven the people who are like is it is it a viable career plan for the for the kids that don't make it necessarily into into what they want because you know i just to give you some context the people who are listening you know on wall street a lot of them are like i'm going to be an investment banker no matter what but the reality yeah. is a lot of kids um, don't have the grades, don't have the, they're not the right schools. They don't really understand how to network properly. So they don't end up there. And then they kind of, one day they wake up, they're graduated and they got to pay the bills. Yeah, so absolutely. Tell me, tell me a little bit about this, this whole eat what you kill mentality. What was it like? Did you make, you know, any money the first year, <laughs> the first year? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's definitely, it definitely is an eat what you kill, uh, mentality. Uh, each company is a little bit different. Um, some, some will give some form of a salary, although there's really not many out there that do. Uh, a lot of them will have some kind of a structure where it's like some kind of a draw so that you can survive and live. But really, you know, the fine print is like, man, if you don't, if you don't hit your numbers, like you got to pay that back or whatever it might be. So it's really, you really need to do your homework and research going into this. And then you better be ready to like, just go to work and have conversations and not have anything about it. Um, because in the beginning, especially for me, I didn't know anybody. It was new to this area. You know, my wife had grown up there. I didn't know anyone. And, uh, I had to figure it out, figure it out and figure it out quickly. And, and these insurance companies, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, it literally is like, I'm going to throw as many people against the wall and see which ones stick and stay. Uh, right. that's, I mean, that really is what it is. I'm sure they would argue that that's not how they go about it, but you know, is the training kind of just like, yeah, and learn how to sell rah, rah, rah kind of thing? Like you just got to go out there and talk to as many people? Yeah, it really is. Uh, you know, I don't know what else a manager can do, but in each company is probably a little bit different too in, in the training that they will give to you. Um, some of it's useful. Most of it's really not. It's just like, you know, you got to kind of go and figure it out on your own. And I was forced to do that. I mean, I was willing to do whatever it took, right? I would, I mm -hmm. called under the phone book. I, I, I knocked on doors. I, of course, you know, you, you know, you take advantage of every relationship that you have in a way, and you got to be careful how you do that to not burn bridges and stuff like that. But I mean, you got to be willing to go out. I think it's great from like a character building standpoint and from a just like hard lessons of how to be an entrepreneur and it's getting you really are your own business. You're getting, you're getting rejected yeah. all the time. I mean, yeah, you gotta be, you just gotta be willing to do whatever to be successful. And I was in the business for, you know, over 15 years, I'd still be there had I not decided to, 
to sell and, and do what I do today. But initially, so, you, were, you were at, at Farmers, is that right? You were at Farmers? And then well, you- so I started uh, as a producer for an agent. So it wasn't actually my agency and kind of learning the ropes from him. He was a very successful agent with a company called Country Financial. Yeah. And, um, and then I went to Farmers for a few months, got deployed, came back and worked with Farmers again for another year or so, and then made the switch back to country financial as an agent and I was there for four years and then by that time you know I've been in the business for a fair amount of time and it was successful and was building a biz- good book of business. What were you selling at country financial? Yeah country financial it was a multi-line agency so mostly auto home life insurance yep and then also um, you know they they also had us selling some some mutual funds. Was it was it still very eat what you kill kind of mentality? But you were working under a guy that totally was totally eat what I kill. Yeah, I mean they didn't hand me anything, um, which was kind of you know they would promise that there'd be some book of business that they would throw you away after a certain time, and it and it just never really um, materialized. That. And uh, so ultimately, I went and I I made the jump to be an independent broker. And uh, my last seven years in the insurance agency was as my own uh, independent insurance broker. Tell me about what that means. You just get to keep all the economics? Yeah, so as a broker, uh, instead of being, so if, with country, with farmers, State mm-hmm. Farm, American Family, you know, some of these bigger companies that we've probably all heard of, um, they, that's what you would call a captive. So, right, it's, it's their products. You don't have any other options. And so sometimes it's even not really maybe necessarily in the, in the customer client's best interest, because, you know, if you're looking at it from a, from a, uh, a cost standpoint for, for some of these people spending their hard earned dollars on insurance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to become, and, and as the company starts to, their rates start to change with the market, just like everyone else's, just like everything else in, in our world, um, you know, you start to lose clients and there's nothing you can do about it because you don't have any other options. So to become an independent um, there's a lot of advantages from the standpoint of, you know, you have, you have the group that I was part of, we had, you know, over 50 different contracts with different companies. So we had a lot of options for our clients, which was awesome. So we could, you know, we didn't have to lose clients. We could retain them, uh, better. The commissions are better. So the pay is better. Yeah. You know, the problem is, is you can't really start as an independent. No one wants to hire as an independent if you don't have any experience and you don't have a book of business to bring with you. Do you mind so, sharing, do you mind sharing kind of the the pay progression from when you first started out to kind of how you're, how you're doing once you're at an independent, like a, even a range, if you don't want to give me exact numbers. Yeah, no, absolutely. And every company's a little bit different here too. Farmers was, um, they almost were a little bit more like an independent pay scale. And I think they've changed a little bit since then, but the typical on the captive side would be probably 10% on a home for commission premium. So if a premium's $2,000 for the year, you're getting, you know, 200 bucks. And uh, that's on a renewal basis. So every time it renews, you get paid that. But the renewals sometimes are a little bit less. They can mm-hmm. be the same. A lot of times they're tied to life insurance production. These companies make a lot of money selling life insurance. And life insurance is important. But um, but so if you the more life you sell, sometimes the more commissions you can earn on everything. And then the, the home or the auto, we were getting paid like seven, seven and a half, something like that, which is really, really, really quite low. Mm-hmm. Um, when I went independent, it was closer to 15 all the way around for everything. And then all in, what could you expect to make as an agent at, under one of these places? And then, you know, once you went independent, was it a big jump up or because it was better? Yeah, it's a pretty significant jump up just because, you know, I mean, the commissions are almost double if, uh, you know, on certain, on certain lines. 
So people who and first then, start out, are they like barely eating? Are they making like 20K a year? And then... Yeah, they're more than likely barely eating. They're making like yeah 36. If you're really producing, you can, you know, you can make more. If you yeah. sell a lot of life insurance is where, where you have the yeah, potential yeah. to really make more money because the commissions are way, are much different inside of the life insurance. Um, and then independent, you're probably closer to what, 50 or so? Um, no, I mean, because once you make the switch to independent, typically you have a, you have a good Book client business. that you're bringing with you. Got it. So, I mean, you know, you should, if you're not making six figures, you're, you're doing something wrong. Got it. Um, okay. And, and the bonuses that you get paid on the independent side is, um, year end right. bonuses based on your book of business uh, is much different than on the captive side as well. So, so you were doing this for a good number of years and tell me kind of, what was the what was the skill set that you learned the most besides just being able to get rejected a lot and picking up the phone and doing all the cold calls and I mean, was it as you built once you built your book of business it's kind of like a asset manager once you build build it up it's kind of becomes easier and easier because you have that base right yes absolutely but you know as you build your book then you know service becomes extremely important especially in that type of a business where no one really likes insurance. You know, they, the only time they really care about it is when they have a claim and they need it the most, of right. course. And so, yeah, it's important that you, the, the more clients you have, the more staff that you need to help to service and keep them happy. That's true. Uh, and really, it's just all about like being as proactive as you can. I always consistently, you know, communication communicating with the clients, keep staying in front of them as much as possible, showing that them that you appreciate them, uh, taking care of them, you know, calling them before they have to call you type stuff. Um, mm -hmm. You know, of course, as you're building the business and you have staff, it's like, you know, you're learning how to become a leader, learning how to lead other people and continue to keep them on the same vision and mission as you uh, and the company and where you want to grow it. And so even though technically, know, technically you weren't an entrepreneur, you kind of already were. Before yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> you yeah, know, no, it's, absolutely. it's a very entrepreneurial place to start out and you know, you're yeah. given very little, like you said, but, um, in the beginning, you don't technically own your book, depending on what company you're with. Most companies, you don't really own the book, but you yeah. definitely are a business owner. Like you're definitely out there. They're like, you're running it like a business. And then when you become independent, I, I own my book, like I own my business and you mm -hmm. know, I was sell it quickly. Uh, once I made the decision to move. You mind sharing what what you sold it for, or how how that works, or how they value these? Yeah, typically of it's uh, you know on average it's um, you can get about two times what the book business is. So say you have two million in in premium, and that's generating um, let's say three hundred thousand in commissions mm -hmm. a year, then you would get you about six hundred k. Two times that would be six hundred k. Yeah, okay. Easy numbers to work with. Okay. So that makes sense. Okay. So it's about two X. Um, yep. sounds a little low. Sounds like they're you've getting... heard of, yeah, you've, you've heard of some people getting a little bit less than that. And I think you've heard of people getting maybe up to three times. I mean, isn't that pretty, I, I would say if that's, that's it, that's that probably if it's like this super huge, large book, right. Um, you might be able to get a little bit more. Got it. Okay. So what kind of prompted the the change? Well, for me, it was, you know, insurance never drove me It never, woke me up with excitement, uh, mm -hmm. just raring to get out of bed and, and go. But it, it afforded me a lot of great things. It afforded me a nice lifestyle. It afforded me the ability to be there for my family when I wanted to. Um, but I just love doing what I'm doing now, impacting men and women, especially business owners, entrepreneurs. Because, I mean, 
as an entrepreneur, you just, you, I mean, you know, there's just, it's, it's different than the nine to five, right? I mean, there's so many other, it's, you never get to turn it off. You're always thinking about it. Mm-hmm. You have all these other stresses. You, you, you have the stress of supporting other people and other family members. And you're always thinking about, are you going to be able to make payroll? How can you make more money? How can, you know, I mean, all the things that come with owning a business and it's just very unique. And so, you know, I get to take my experiences that, again, from, from what I've learned and to help these men and women that are coming through that, you know, they're constantly trying to get a little bit better. Some are, how did you get involved? How did you get involved with this company? And what made you think about it? Like, did, yeah, well, the first, it? are you, are you a co-founder or what, what was kind no, of, no. So the, really how I got into it myself was I was, I was going through some similar, similar struggles and, and, uh, invested in myself five years ago, like just wasn't happy where I was at. And from there, I learned that there's this actual space out here of people that you can invest in other people to help you to avoid some of the things and to get to where you want to go a little faster. And so about five years ago, after, after realizing this and going and doing the work on myself to get to me to where I wanted to go in my life, mm-hmm. I was like, man, I, this is what I want to do. And so slowly as I was continuing to build my insurance business, didn't like cut that out. And just and so you were getting, you were getting it ready for sale this whole time. Yeah, I, I really was in the back of my head. Didn't yeah. know exactly when it was going to be, but I was positioning myself because I knew that I didn't want to do this forever. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, if I could find a way to, to do what I'm doing, which I am now, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, was, I would much rather be doing that and That's really awesome. making a significant impact on other people. That's awesome. So you were able to sell out, kind of get a good um, chunk of change, but also kind of start doing stuff you love, but more importantly, you're happy to wake up every yeah. day. So yeah. you're, so, but this, but what specifically, why, why that you always love to coach, always love to teach. You always thought you were going to teach kind of coming out of school or like what yeah i mean if you if you look you, you back did it, it, you did it yourself and you're like wow that really helped me like straighten myself out and get myself my my shit together for like a better term or how, <laughs> how did it help you i think i always knew that i wanted to do something like this you know you just don't know exactly what it is i remember young age speakers would come to our school we get out of class we'll sit in the assembly and i just thought how awesome that was if people go around they motivate and inspire and impact these kids Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, that would be so awesome. And then, you know, I always gravitated towards leadership positions, whether it was in athletics as a coach, as a leader in the army, as a platoon leader, uh, business owner, you know, mm-hmm. insurance industry associations. I, I gravitated to become leader, a leader in, in these places. Yeah. And uh, so I just look back and just, you know, I was, you never really know until maybe you hit, hit a certain point, why certain things happen in your life. And you kind of look back and you're like, oh man, that makes sense. That path that I was on was, was really to position me for what I'm doing today. And so you, you've been doing this now for a couple of years, almost three years now. Um, tell me what it's, what it's like. So you're out um, in California and people come fly in from, from everywhere to do what? And what do, you, what do you put them through? Tell me, yeah, just tell me a little bit more about your yeah. business now. And yeah. are you, is it your own business similar how you're doing it now? Are you a part owner? How does, how does it I'm work? a part owner inside of our business. Um, yep. We're a part, business partner, Satem Nali, he started the company and we have a team of people. Of course, we have a few other owners uh, involved inside of this company and where we're going and growing. But yeah, I just came back from California. We run a immersion experience. It's four days and we had, we have a men's program and a women's program. The women just came through. And um, from, like you said, we had people from Alaska, from New York, from Texas, from California, yeah, Seattle, all over the place. And so they came and, um, we, we take them to the beach, we work them out, 
there's a lot of things that come out walls that get broken down when you get worked out and you get tired and fatigued you come together as a team and they work together to where they can start to open up to really get the help that they're looking for yeah and uh, we talk a lot about leadership about like just certainty and clarity on their path and what they want to do and what's going on for them and so we you know over four days it, it feels more like two weeks because they're long days and we push them hard yeah. but uh, over four weeks they come out and and then from there we we have an annual 12-month program that we we will continue to coach and work with these men and women uh after that program you know if they want to stay um as a, in inside of the conversation with us as a, as clients and, and how how much of do you feel like the help you're giving them is i mean it's almost all is it mostly mental like are you are you guys talking about them as well like making connections and like are people are a lot of people going through their they're searching for something they're just not happy or is it just for people who are just trying to kind of get to the next level they're stuck like what's the man it's really it's really uh it's really all of the above it's a it's a ton it is a ton mindset for a lot of them Mm -hmm. um but also you know there's tactical technical tools tool sets and skill sets that we give them. We talk about business, we talk about marketing, we talk about um, communicating a powerful message, you know, building a following. That's all stuff that we do to build our business uh, on a daily basis. So we're talking about that. Sometimes we're talking about marriage and like relationships and and how to communicate there and to get a, a different result if that's what you want. And so it really does cover what we call the big four, physical, spiritual, relational, and financial, depending on where they're at. Very cool. That's awesome. So for the, for the young, young guns, young guys and gals listening to this podcast um, that are kind of searching for a specific career path or think they have to have it all figured out, any, any advice you'd give them? Yeah. yeah, I was just thinking of this, you know, as we, we were going, you were, you were talking about how a lot of them have an idea of, of what they want to do. And, and sometimes it's not a reality for them because maybe the, you said the school they go to, the grades that they get. And uh, in that place, that's a very dangerous place to be, right? Because now you can automatically feel like a, a failure at a very young age. And I would just say, like, have nothing about whatever opportunity you fall into and just, like, give that everything that you can. You don't have to have it all figured out when you first just are starting. Like, all the just know, just like my path that I've been talking about, the experiences that you have, like, you you 100% will be able to use those and they will help you to get to where you want to go eventually. Just cause you don't, it doesn't happen for you now. doesn't mean that it won't. And you might find out that the investment banker job that you thought you wanted, you really didn't want at all. Like, and you'll figure that out just by, you know, living life and trying. Yeah, to it's, it's, it's very true. It's interesting. Cause you have some kids, they read wall street oasis, they read the threads, they get all hyped about yeah. this is the path I have to go on. Yeah. And then sometimes they're coming from, really tough situations, whether it's a low GPA, not the right school and they make it and they yeah. bust their ass and they work thousands of hours that they take, you know, they can, they reach out to thousands of people, do hundreds of calls, do like yeah. 50, hundred meetings and they do it. And then they're there and they're like, why did I do this? Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> so yeah, I think it's an important lesson that, yeah. uh, you know, you don't know what you don't know. You don't really know what it's going to be like till you're actually in there working those 80 hour, 80 plus hour weeks. Um, yeah. And oftentimes you can be in a place where it's eat what you kill, where it's tough. And sometimes the, the lessons you learn there in terms of sales, in terms of surviving can, can serve you well um, throughout Huge. your career, like yeah. it did for you. Yeah, absolutely. And the leadership training is often undervalued. The behavioral portion of the interviews is often undervalued yeah. um, and the cultural fit because people, 
people just will go and they'll memorize the technical answers and they don't realize that the person sitting across from you is actually a human being. You yeah, need to actually, actually kind person, of, right. you need to connect with them in the interview. Yeah. You shouldn't just be like spouting off the, the right <laughs> answers. Um, 100%. And, and then people don't yeah. know why they don't get um, the offers, but um, great, man. Nate, I appreciate uh, you taking the time. Is there any, any, any plug you want to give for your thing? Get, tell us the name of every, of, of uh, where people can find you. Yeah, you bet. Um, you know, you, the easiest place to find me would be either my website, natebaileyspeaks.com, or you can check me out at Instagram, uh, Coach Nate Bailey. Um, but all the information, like everything that I put out, can be found through my website. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, thanks so much for taking the time. Appreciate it, man. And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way, Patrick at wallstreetoasis.com. Until next time. Thank you.